2: Depression is common in Parkinson's disease, in part caused by a change in brain chemistry and affecting at least 50% of people with the disease. It's not merely temporary sadness, but manifests as overwhelming feelings of sadness, loss, and hopelessness. There are effective medication and non-medication treatments, but because depression is often under-recognized by health care providers and under-reported by people with PD, it may go untreated, resulting in diminished quality of life. To get some insights on depression in PD, I spoke with Veronica Bruno, a Movement Disorders Neurologist at the University of Calgary in Canada, a Parkinson's Foundation Center of Excellence. We talked about the need for better recognition and treatment of depression in PD, as well as some of the pharmacologic and non-pharmacologic treatment strategies. Being such a common feature of the disease, I asked her when depression may occur.
1: It can appear interestingly at any point during the course of the disease. So for many of the people diagnosed with Parkinson's, it may have been a problem years before the onset of the motor symptoms of the disease and may have been diagnosed as something unrelated or something else for some time until finally the diagnosis of Parkinson's is reached. For many other people, it can be part of the time of the diagnosis itself when they have to learn a lot about the new diagnosis and the disease. And in many other cases, it can appear as a later non-motor symptom of the disease in mid to late stages.
2: So it can be sort of a prodrome. It may eventually reveal Parkinson's disease?
1: Exactly. It's one of those prodromal premotor symptoms in conjunction with constipation, some sleep disturbances, depression and anxiety usually combine can be some of those symptoms that may precede the onset of the motor symptoms up to 20 years.
2: Does it respond to dopamine or does it respond to typical antidepressants?
1: So this is a great question. In fact, the physiopathology or the mechanisms of depression in Parkinson's seems to be A bit mixed and different than depression in non Parkinson's patients or people without Parkinson's disease. So, in some instances, when depression is present before the diagnosis and the treatment with dopamine therapy started, patients notice people notice a significant improvement in their depression because of the dopamine medication. So, as a first stage, the most important thing is to Chat with the doctor to see is this depression. If it's depression, could it be related to Parkinson's disease? And if it's related to Parkinson's disease, maybe see if there is any room for optimization of the dopaminergic therapy. If the dopaminergic therapy is at the optimum point, then there is also evidence that many of the regular antidepressants that instead of working on the dopamine system work with other neurotransmitters inside the brain can also be helpful and it may always sense to try to see if it produces a further improvement in the symptoms. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
0: We take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems
2: can they ever interfere with the dopamine?
1: Not with the Liboropa or with most of the medications that people with Parkinson's usually have as a prescription. There is one exception, however, that is important to discuss with the pharmacist and with the physicians. That is when the patient are taking inhibitors of the monoaminoxidase oxidase B. That is a difficult name, but medications that maybe are familiar for many people like rasagiline, or selegiline, or Safinamide. Those medications have a potential interaction with many of the commonly used antidepressants, so it's important to consider this. Usually in practice, if there's no big deal, but theoretically can produce a severe side effect. So at least the patient, the physician and the pharmacist need to be aware so they can monitor for potential interactions if they are taking those medications. Safinamide is a bit newer and is supposed to have less of formal contraindication. However, we still have to monitor for this potential interaction.
2: What about non-pharmacologic interventions, often called talk therapy?
1: Yes. So, of course, the evidence in terms of publications or studies comparing, say, cognitive behavioral therapy, counseling, psychotherapy. It's, l- it's less than the ones that we have for pharmacological therapies. However, as in many other populations of people that can experience depression, being able to share the emotions that are maybe triggering or worsening those symptoms, identifying if there is something triggering those type of thoughts or symptoms, and also being able to share because sometimes what Everyone assumes it's depression, maybe something different, like some anxiety or maybe just sadness, or the patient may feel, be feeling lonely or isolated, or you may just be experiencing other symptoms of Parkinson's disease, like some memory changes or apathy. So it's very important to find your space to discuss what you are experiencing with someone that can be your neurologist, can be your family physician, can be your family or any other health professional like a specialized nurse or a counselor. Once that you can put into words uh, what symptoms you are experiencing is easy to reach a diagnosis of what's the main problem and then tackle the problem appropriately with pharmacological or non-pharmacological approaches and wherever it may be necessary to make you feel better. Sometimes many clinics and many of the centers that treat patients or people with Parkinson's mostly, they have neuropsychiatrists or psychiatrists that are specialized in the management of people with movement disorders and people with Parkinson's disease. And that's usually extremely useful because it's not like just treating depression like in the general population, but take into account all these elements that are very unique for Parkinson's disease, and they consider them when they are planning the best possible management plan. There are other non, non pharmacological interventions that are important and they're useful and they have shown to be very useful independently of psychotherapy or, as you mentioned, counseling or talk therapy, like exercise. Exercise has a dramatic effect on mood in Parkinson's disease. There is like evidence in terms of studies that have shown it, but in clinical experience, we can probably all say that every single person that I know with Parkinson's that started a good exercise program uh, not only notices the benefits on the motor aspects of the disease, but a significant improvement in mood and anxiety and depression as part of that spectrum.
2: Also, thinking, fatigue, things like that, does treating depression help with those, or does exercise in itself help with those?
1: Yeah, well, fatigue seems to be, for what we know to date, separate symptom that sometimes can be associated with depression in Parkinson's and sometimes it's not associated with depression. But for sure, fatigue itself. In the general population, it's a symptom of depression. So when you are experiencing fatigue and there is not a clear cause, it's again very important to discuss this, not assume that this is normal or this is part of the disease and you have to deal with it. But maybe discuss this with your health providers because maybe, again, optimizing the management of your medications, evaluating if there is a component of depression and treating it with Different types of interventions can reduce the fatigue and also give you more energy to then engage in an exercise program, in a psychotherapy, in seeing your friends and family, and like doing more things that you are engaged with and that you enjoy. And that for sure, uh, like a vicious positive cycle, ends up improving all the symptoms.
2: I understand that depression has been correlated with later dementia, does treating depression stave off or lessen the risk of dementia, or isn't it known?
1: This this is an amazing question. This is still unknown for multiple reasons. I think the first, depression is so prevalent in people without Parkinson's that it's very hard to characterize. Is this like a depression that is directly related with Parkinson's disease, or is it just like a co-occurrence of health issues? The second thing is like cause and effect is hard to determine. What we know, and I think at this stage is very important, is that if we treat depression people with Parkinson's quality of life improves significantly. If quality of life improves, patients are more engaged in other therapies. The motor symptoms also improve. The participation in social and familiar lives improves. And all those, like exercise, social interactions, intellectual stimulation, for sure help reduce the risk of cognitive impairment and dementia. So even if I don't have the hard evidence to say yes, for sure, treating depression reduces the risk of dementia in X percent, we can say that it helps so many aspects of the disease that the outcome by the end is reducing the risk of a significant impact on cognitive in cognition.
2: What do you see for the future in terms of depression in PD?
1: Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
0: We take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show.
1: As you know, Parkinson's disease has more than 200 years. But the focus on non-motor aspects of the disease, such as depression, is not as all, because for many years those symptoms were kind of neglected. So now that we are all in the same page in terms of how important is recognizing these non-motor symptoms, including depression, I see that many good outcomes are coming. In terms of non-pharmacological therapies, we know a lot. There have been many that is done, but maybe they need to be refined in terms of methodology to make sure we are treating the right symptoms at the right time. In terms of medications, we also know a lot, and we know that there are a variety of options that people with Parkinson's can try safely. So what I can see as the future initially is more recognition of a very common problem that can have a significant impact on people's life. And then potentially more targeted therapies that would contemplate the particular aspects of depression in Parkinson's disease, not treating it as in a person without Parkinson's.
2: Do patients tend to gloss over it with their physicians? They're more focused on motor symptoms and they just figure this is something else that really doesn't have to do with Parkinson's. So if it's under recognized, it's undertreated?
1: One hundred percent. This is a bit dependent on the Time that you have for your consultation with your neurologist, the fact that, as I mentioned for many years, these aspects of the disease were not taken into account, so people would go to the neurologist and just discuss the motor sides, like the tremor, the stiffness, the slowness, but would not discuss in detail other aspects, like I'm experiencing these new feelings, I'm feeling pretty down, is this part of the disease? Or care partners and family members would assume that the person with Parkinson's is feeling down because of the diagnosis, instead of thinking that maybe this is part of the chemical problems that are associated with the disease and may have a potential treatment. So I think from both sides, it's very important for us to keep a lot of information out there for the patients to get to learn more about these non-motor aspects of the disease. And from us, from our perspective, for us physicians, care providers in general, to ask about these things. Because again, as as I said many times, sometimes Problems like depression and other non-motor aspects of the disease have a higher impact on quality of life than the tremor, the stiffness, or the slowness. And patients may, and, and physicians too, may underestimate the relevance of recognizing depression, treating it, and the change that that can produce for that particular person and the rest of the activities in their lives
2: Sounds like a good message both to healthcare professionals and to patients to ask about it or tell about it.
1: Exactly. And I think this is, in fact, exceeds... Parkinson's disease, but it's particularly important in Parkinson's disease. When depression is affecting someone, everything is more complicated. Engaging in therapies that would help your other symptoms, is easier to be more isolated, to stay at home, to stay in bed, all those things will worsen many of the other aspects of the disease. So understanding that This is a common problem that we need to be very aware. And the most important part is, for many of the issues that may affect Parkinson's disease patients, we don't have a treatment. But for depression, we have treatments. And usually people with Parkinson's respond very well to the different therapeutic approaches that we have for it. So let's talk about it because there's a lot that we can do.
2: Excellent. Thank you. First, get screened for depression at least once a year. Second, discuss mood changes with your doctor. And third, have a family member accompany you to your doctor visit who can help you talk about your symptoms of depression. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.